Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrich. Court is a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Perth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrett here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Yes, no fancy sound effects or bells and whistles here. You are listening to the Quarters and Barra podcast brought to you by Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. I am Glenn Quartermain, Senior Sports Reporter with the West Australian. With me is Adrian Barrich, Channel 7 legend, former West Coast Eagle and Perth Football Club yep. President. A beaming Perth Football Club <laughs> President today because you've registered your first win of the season. Well done, Barra. Yes, against, uh, well, I think they had three Eagles playing, three legit. Legitimate Eagles playing for the West Coast Eagles waffle team, but you can only play against who they dish up, and they, we had a 97-point win, so that was good and good. Come on, did you take your foot off the pedal at the end so they wouldn't lose by 100? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't break that record of three consecutive 100-point losses. No, there's none of that talk, and Peter German wouldn't do that. But I tell you what, we might have uncovered the great wine hope in yes. our forward line. Yeah, Jaden Hunter kicked four goals. He was on the cusp of AFL selection before he did his knee, ACL, and now he's just come back, and that was his first game back. And he was super pumped, and I was so happy to see him him do well. So, good luck to really good. Good luck to Jaden. Yeah, he's a good fella. Your knee's come good too, has it? Are you find out no, what's wrong with it? I have. I've had the MRIs back. Barra for the great marathon career may yet be resurrected. Oh, MRI no. came back. It's not good news. So you're trying to get back to running marathon? Yes, torn you meniscus, torn severely torn meniscus. So Just I'm, jumping the fence. And you got I, locked out. I did after a few beers. Was I did. It? Well, a couple, not an excessive <laughs> amount, but a couple. Someone said you should have had an excessive amount you would have been more comfortable jumping the fence but um, so I'm going to see an orthopedic surgeon and hopefully we get it trimmed up and we can get back on the yeah. I wanted to run a October marathon it might be beyond in fact it's going to be beyond reach now so let's just aim for a 10 and anything more is a bonus so. oh so you, you're trying to get back to running marathons well I am I you want to get are, I want to get to 20 it's good for your mental health though isn't it yeah and I haven't run for two months and I hey, reckon ben, seriously though because a lot of people who listen a lot of young mm-hmm. men that listen you know, struggle in that area, but but exercise is one of the big stress killers, isn't it? Barra, I've really missed it, and I think it has affected my mental health, not mm. being able to run the last couple of months. So I'm, I'm looking true, at other things to do, swimming and other, maybe some gym work, upper body, but... Oh, it is true. There's nothing better than an endorphin release There's and no getting doubt. out there and having a run. And I've, I, I reckon it's the longest I've gone without running since well, I was an infant. I've been keeping an eye on you because I mean, and to, to to those who are listening or, or listening to the podcast, if you're flat, two things you can do. One is. Talk to someone, please. That's number and mention one. It. Yeah, and number two, exercises. If you can exercise, it, sometimes it's hard to get out of bed. And you, you know what? It. Even if you go but for a walk. Yeah, anything. Suck it up. Yeah. Deep breaths. Get out there. Get out for an early but, morning But you've noticed walk. now, haven't you? Is, is this the first time that you've really understood how important it can be, exercise? Oh, uh, no. It's not the first time, but it's it's the longest I've gone, so i found it really have an impact on me. And um, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But... Uh, it's yeah. You know, I can't wait to get this sorted so I can get back out there. Yeah, and you got a good path. surgeon, I believe. Yes, he's good, Delisandro. Yes, yeah, you got him. Yeah. Yes, I'm seeing him on Thursday. Yeah, so he's very. He good. may say, make some other recommendation, but uh, he sorted Fifey. Yep. When Fifey had that infected shoulder, he spotted the infection actually, mm-hmm. and sorted Nat Fife got him back. Been looking after my son as well. I know Goss is a good friend of his as well. Yes, good bloke. They're good there. They're, that's at um, Bethesda. Yes, yeah, yes that's there. right. So one of the great marathon careers could be resurrected. Oh, good to see you. know, mate. I beat Je- Jebra Celesi once. You know that, don't you? What, to the toilet or? <laughs> no, no, New York Marathon 2010. Well, he didn't finish. Oh. <laughs> and I did. So surely that constitutes beating him. What's your favourite marathon? What would it be oh. if you had a choice? My mate wants me to do Berlin with him. He's yeah. just done London. He reckons, come on, we'll run through the Brandenburg Gates. Come on, together, we'll do it. And it would I'm, be I'm awesome. I'm not falling for that. That's a very quick marathon. They do a lot of world records there. It's a flat track. Uh, London was my first. New York's probably my favourite. Yeah. London was great. You get cheered along there, don't you? Because you have your nickname on your back and they yell out your name. Quarters, yeah. go quarters, go quarters. That's exactly what they were saying. Uh, Australia. Run, run 
running over the Verrazano Narrows Bridge, which is the bridge at the start, which is where there was a famous mm. scene in Saturday Night Fever, just showing goes, the age it is, there. It goes straight up, doesn't it? Yeah. Saturday, Saturday Night Fever, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to say streets when you run a, No, when you run across the bridge, they have the uh, boats below you uh, shooting red, white and blue water out of the water oh, cannons, right. and the song that's playing is Frank Sinatra, New York, New York. Is that running across the bridge? It is, yeah. Oh, how good's that? And then London. That almost makes me want to do it, almost. Yeah. And then London, um, it's uh, you close to the finish. You run past the Tower of London, and you mm. want, you uh, run over the ancient cobblestones. And I've got to tell you, they put a layer of carpet over. Painful, it yeah, looked, it really painful. That's what my mate said. And Pall Mall. That's oh, the finish, isn't it? Down Pall Mall. Well, that's where you I go across London Bridge as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Pall Mall is where I got passed by a bloke dressed as a rhino. <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't catch him Some bloke dressed as a him. rhino Could not catch him <laughs> And I just conceded defeat with a rhino But then when Mate. the guy passed me Dressed as a red London phone box I said nah You're not beating me So I mowed down the red London phone box And as I passed the red London phone box I said have you had enough or do you want some more So I, I knocked him off and as I passed the finish line, uh, I actually passed the finish line, and good. my wife and one of my best mates were trying to find me the whole race, but they were actually behind where I was. I was a little bit quicker than they thought I was going to be. And so by the time they got the finish line, I already got through. And this, they, they were thinking, how slow is he if he's not fit? And then eventually this clown with big floppy shoes ran past the finish line with a shopping trolley full of stuff. And my mate turned to my wife and said, I don't care how sore or crook he is. If that clown's beaten him, he's copping <laughs> Fortunately, I was always, I'd already finished and I think I might have even been having a pint you by bo- stage, You beat so. the phone booth, but uh, you couldn't get the rhino. Oh, exactly. Oh, and you beat the clown. So anyway. Poor Maul, poor Maul in our language, but Pal Mal. He's Pal Mal. You know, my brother ran Boston. He's a very good runner, isn't yeah, he, brother? Yeah, it goes under three hours, but w- on the bombing. Oh, the did do- he? Oh, that he was there. Well, he was, you know, the bombing, um, such a tragic event, that was around about my time, if you like, so mm. three to four hour finish. It was and, four uh, hours, because he did three, so he missed it. He'd gone through yeah. and was walking back to his hotel when the kaboom. Very good documentary about that at the moment on Netflix, too. Yeah. Uh, it's t- very t- sad. <laughs> he got locked out of his hotel for 24 hours, yeah. and he was still wearing his gear, because yeah. he couldn't get back in. It was on the finish line. So he's actually taken in by some American shopkeepers and stayed with them and phenomenal story. He met Cowboy, you know, the Cowboy hero guy. And Anyway, that's another story. So, Barra. Yes, mate. Mixed results in round nine. No, it's always <laughs> good to have a nice seg- segue. Uh, mixed results in round nine for the two local teams. Let's talk about West Coast first and then we can talk about a great win for Freo, which we hope kickstarts their season. West Coast. Um, Really good for two and a bit quarters. A very competitive, in fact, in front when Jack Garling kicks that goal from a free kick and then concede nine of the next ten goals, which mm. is unacceptable mm. at an AFL level, in my opinion. But first two and a half quarters, great, well done. Finish of the game, unacceptable. And more sad news on the injury front, Jai Cully. Uh, nominated for a rising star, ACL. They just can't take a trick, the Eagles, at the moment. I know, and I was quite moved by the fact that Simo was quite moved. Yeah. Actually, it was our journo um, was over there, wasn't he? Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchie was over there, yeah. and he, he was the one at the end who said, you look a bit flat, and he said, I'm flat, all right, flat as a pancake. Yeah. You know, one of, my, one of my men has gone down. And so that made me think, you know what, Simo, he could be the right guy for the job for the rebuild. But anyway, that's, that's another story. Uh, we've talked about that before. Yep. Jai Cully... So he's uncontracted. So I've checked that out, and I, I, was, I was staggered that he was uncontracted. Actually, mm. I don't know if his management was holding. I it think back. he's shown enough to get a new contract. Yeah, he showed it. Well, he was nominated for a rising. But why start. wasn't he signed already? That's uh, what I'm saying. Oh, I, I'm sure he will be. He's ma- sure. I think his manager. Anyway, I won't go down that path. But no. so I believe they get. He'll get 26 games. He get all this year, and then I think it's up to 26 games uh, that you get anyway. Yep. And I'm hoping that they give him a one-year deal sort of on 85 grand or whatever Mm -hmm. to keep him around. The fact that they hadn't signed him makes me think they weren't fully convinced as to where he sat Mm -hmm. in in the whole scenario. But hopefully he does get, despite being out for 12 months, which it'll be, won't it? 
you know, so he won't be able to come back until round Well, I would suggest entering, next year. entering the season, they would have been unconvinced. But I think the start of the year he had, they probably were, but they may not have got around to mm. it yet. I would say that's where it sat. So good luck to Jai. Um, and yeah, good luck to you. He seems like a lovely I – and mean, that means they'll get it picked. Now, I, I think they might have two picks in the mid-season draft. Yep. I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm hearing that – there's, there's a lot of meetings going on now. Well, they have to put someone else on a long-term injury list. Jai will be put on that, mm-hmm. and there'll be another player put on it. It might be Cripsy, I think. It could be Cripsy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you have a look at two, two players. Two picks. And so Ryan Marich is one guy they're looking at from Gippsland. He's about 193 centimetres. He's a forward. Yep. I don't know now that Jai's gone down whether that changes their tactics, whether they, th- they say, you know what, maybe we better get another midfielder because he's gone for 12 months. But two picks – uh, is pretty interesting in the mid-season draft, and it's going to be a big test. A lot of meetings going on now, quarters. There'll be a lot of burning the midnight oil at the moment. Uh, Rowan's flown over from Melbourne to... Brandon O'Brien, yeah. yeah to the head of, the, of recruiting. This will be a big test. This will be a big test to see who they get and who they can, they can pull in. And it could be the first sort of test for, you know, what are we, where are we going in the future in the review? Are these the right guys? You know what I mean? So there's now, a lot on the line. I, I think this may be the most, arguably, the most important time in West Coast history, what they do this year. For yeah. Those, because there's not going to be many and at wins. at the end of the year, do they split? Like you've been talking about the number one pick. So probably they get beaten by Hawthorne in Tasmania. Then there's the North Melbourne game. Geez, Hawthorne would want to improve on their performance at the weekend for that to be the yeah. case. Yeah. But the eggs were no great shakes, no. were they? So they'll get a few back this week. But if they finish last, do they split that pick? Do they try to get two picks instead of It's going- a good A. I think they do. But that's just me. They may say, absolutely not. We want um, Harley Reid with the number one pick. Imagine not picking him, But though. here's the thing. And he turns out to be Bond. Yeah, but where their list is at. talks out to be Dusty. They need more young. They need more depth of young talent rather than just one player. I just think where they're at, for me, a splitting... Pick one into two picks under 12 makes a lot oh, of no. sense. But can you imagine every time that guy, if he wins a brown or whatever, you just think, oh, you could have had him. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like when Wayne Carey went to um, North Melbourne. Sydney Swans let him go. And the bloke who did that, he, he gets he gets mentioned well, to him still. Now, mate, what did you let bloody Wayne Carey well, go the, for? The other option is you get him and uh, he doesn't want to – he wants to go back to Victoria after three years. Nick you, still get a lot of, you still get a lot of value for him because yep. as we found out with Chris Judd, who did – who was actually – it was a win-win for West Coast because they got a flag and plenty of good footy out of him here. Yeah, and then he ran low medal, and then they they premiership and finished in front with that deal with Josh Kennedy coming across. Yeah, so yeah, well that's right. And and his his manager is Nick Geeshan. So son of yep, son of who's in a powerful player manager. Who's son of he, Jeff Geeshan. He's yep. been in Perth and been having a look, and he likes West Coast. And certainly, there's going to be a lot of brass. So, and I've been so watching. Harley's been over here, has he? You're saying no, Geeshan has oh, yeah. Geeshan. Yeah. So I, I'd suspect Nick. he's he's looked good in preseason. So, but I'm interested in the coaching situation because obviously Voss is under the pump now. Isn't he, he is, mate. If they they were horrible on Friday. Said night. it was a litmus test. I'm off. We? You're off him. I've jumped no, off. Eight. No eight for the oh, Blues? Maybe not. But uh, I'm no, very, I was just really disappointed. They haven't beaten anyone. No, and Brisbane really got hold of them. Um, you know, great job by Dunkley on Cripps. Uh, and I just really thought with Saad and Doherty back in there, they'd get a bit mm. more zing out of halfback. And look, they were really disappointing. Um, Payne did a great job on Kerner. Yeah. And Brisbane. Is, where is Maybe Brisbane. From? Maybe it's more I've really. I mean, I did pick Brisbane to finish in the top four, but. I didn't really have them as a genuine premiership chance. I suppose they should be if they're top four, but but I think the missing pieces are there now. Gunston in attack gives them a bit of depth, and you can see Hipwood and Danaher getting yep, up the ground yep. more. So that pain's come from pain nowhere. has been really Where important. Is he so from? Harris Andrews gets the chop out, and yeah, um, he's been around last year. And you know what's going to sink Vossi? I love Vossi, and Brian Cook's a friend of mine. Contracted to the end of next year, Voss. Yeah, but uh, the chairman. I reckon the board would Leo Sayer Jr. They'd be looking sideways at Vossi now. They'd be going, hang on, mate. You've got two greats. You've got two super forwards there, and you can't kick a winning score. Where's the disconnect? Is it in the coaching, or is it is Cripsy not listening, or is the midfield? You've got Chera in the midfield. You've got the young Sam, what's his face? Sam Walsh. I mean, well, I think <laughs> where it's is similar to where Frio was at a few weeks ago, ball movement has been a bit haphazard. Now, a lot of that's got to do with the opposition, yeah. but their ball movement isn't direct. But then you've got 
you know, there's a lot a lot of people calling for Kerno to play as a high yeah. forward, get further yep. up the ground. Play like Cameron does. But then you get if you got Mackay deep, he hasn't been he's inaccurate. He's not a great kicker goal. But, maybe but you have to bite the bullet on You think. do. Let him stay deep. But they need to do send something. Kerno, send the super athlete up the ground like J- J- uh, Jeremy Cameron does and be the Jeremy Cameron. Man, he's got to do something, Voss. I'm telling you, he yeah. will go. They will. Those those blues fellas, we, they don't mess around. Well, he, he's, if they, they make the eight, they don't make the eight. He is on death's door. Yeah, but he's contracted to the end of next year. So under the soft cap they now, you can't get rid of him. That much. <laughs> Let me tell you. You know who I reckon will go in there? Who? Damien Hardwick. Okay, that's what I do. Cool. You got some inside. That, that is what on I that? would do. If he's at Richmond and he's thinking, do I want to do the rebuild and spend 15 years? I would be moving heaven and earth to get Damien Hardwick. Wouldn't you? Oh, if he's available, absolutely. Or the Suns. The Suns or the Blues. Tell you what, we'll get on to the Suns in a minute because they've just turned the corner a little bit, I reckon. The the other local team, good win, Fremantle, um, beat up on Hawthorne. It was a really intriguing game in that for three quarters – Hawthorne smashed him out of the centre clearances. Um, mm. The two young midfields going against each other. Yet the bookends were horrible for Hawthorne and Frio took advantage. Great to see Luke Jukes- Jackson. Um, he's been building form, but that was a, you know, Career one best out of the stats. Career yeah, best stats. It was a good performance from yep. him. Um, it, Brayshaw. Has he, is he, is he going to be the man? Well, but, I, and think, the, I think we need to be a bit cautious in that. But the position he plays and the youth, he's 21. And by the way, both teams, I think I counted, had 600 gamers. Mm. So there was a similarity in the list. I think Hawthorne's well behind in where they're at with their list development, mm. but um, similar age groups. Um, so I, five... I think we've got to be a bit cautious with Luke. He'll have weeks where he's not so prominent. And, of course, probably there was an opening there against Hawthorne. Is he still the unicorn then? Oh, yeah. He is still the well, unicorn? Well, he will be the unicorn. He will be the unicorn. Yeah. Okay. He's only young. So you're convinced? I'm convinced, yes. Okay. I, I think I, think I am too. And Nat Fife, Matt was, did you go to the game? Yeah, yeah I was covering <laughs> it. Yeah. It was bloody great I was watch. fantastic. I wrote <laughs> my analysis <laughs> on Nat Fife. What about, what's the guy with Fife? I haven't had a chance well, to. Well, they were looking for him when he came on. No, no, but before that, right. So they go way, right back to the start of the game. The team runs through the banner. Fife is in his sand shoes. And his tracksuit. Knocking around with yeah. the Starlight Foundation kids. Which is great. Yeah, oh, brilliant. But no warm-up. <laughs> he didn't do a no. warm-up. No, well, look, that's not uncommon for a sub, though, I think. No, that's true. They do get him started a bit later. but And then they show I was thinking. I was thinking, I haven't had a chance to ring him and ask him. I thought his foot might have been, you know, let's lay off the foot as much as I can, even in the warm-up. But that was a bit strange seeing him wandering around in a T-shirt. And then you see him in the rooms beforehand, the cameras on him. It was I like the theatre of all that. And then he comes out there and looked a bit lost for a little while, as you would imagine. And uh, he went to the forward line and they were looking for him at every opportunity. He gets the roar when he gets his first kick, which I think was backwards to Hayden Young when he was half back. Yeah. And then he starts in the middle for the last quarter and had a bit of an impact. Ended up with 10 possessions, um, had a, ha- a kick to goal, had a hand in another. Now, how good was the goal? It was a good goal. Mate, the, the way he read that, mate, uh, that's a midfielder playing in the forward line. He saw where the punch was going to go. It's going to go to the boundary. He was there in position before he even contacted. Was it a punch or a bit of a mismark from... Um, no, the Hawthorne guy spoiled. Yeah, spoiled towards right. the boundary. Yeah. He read it, snapped the goal. But then, but then he went back and had a shot at goal. It was a wonky, that was a mongrel. Mate, a dual brown line. But then Amos was, kicked a goal as a result. Yeah, I know. Well, he didn't even mark it. It was yeah. bloody Erasmus marked it, in my opinion. But... But you wouldn't see a Brownlow, dual Brownlow medalist or Brownlow medalist kick many like that in their career. Mm. I reckon that's once in your career, that shank. Don't you think? Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. I think he's holding the ball too high. Oh, look, it's I his first game back. He's had the... No, but he's had those yips for years, yeah, mate. Has, goes, has. You know where it goes back to? The grand final in 20... Was it 2015? That 20, 2013. 2013. I don't reckon he's... I reckon that psychologically hurt him that he missed those goals and he, he maybe probably personally blames himself for losing the game. Him and Ballantyne and those guys, mm-hmm. they, they could have pinched that yep. against your boys. Yep. I reckon he's still carrying that around. Because that was a shank. That was in, that was like, free eye people. I'm not having a go at it. I'm just uh, in a, in an analysis well, you sense. Are. No, I'm just saying in an analysis sense. He uh, he needs to get with Pavlich or I don't know uh, Murray Cooper or someone. You don't reckon he's done that already? Uh, I don't know. Is he, has Pav helped him? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, surely I'm, that would have been a story if Pav was helping mm. Fifey, wouldn't it? 
I'll send down Murray Cooper from Perth to help him. I've no problem. His ball drop is way too high. I don't know why it's so high, and that's what happened on that kick. And every time he kicks for goal, he's you can just you just got your your heart in your mouth, haven't you? Don't yeah. You reckon? Yeah. So maybe the midfield move is the one. I mean, I, I found it. He he spent the preseason in the forward line. I was worried that if he goes to the midfield, he hasn't. He's not really worked on that tank, mm. but. Um, I think we interviewed Peter, Peter Bell over the week on an ABC, and he was saying, "Yeah, but he does that pre-game. He spends a lot of time with the footy, and he's he's won two Brownlows in that position. So he, he was good. He really got to back him in. Sarong and Brayshaw yep. walk taller when they see him. Brayshaw yep. was back to his best. Another good game from um, Hayden Young. Alex Pierce found some form. Jago O'Meara, his best game for Frio against yep. his old team." And um, so, lots to like about it, and uh, but you've got to build on that. I special mention to Lockie Schultz. Mate, so how tough. banged up was he? How tough was he? Cop, how many cop, the, cop the old S mixer, <laughs> and then then hurts the shoulder a couple of times, and uh, stayed out in the park. I so admire that guy. I reckon Fife will be the sub again this week. What okay. do you reckon? Uh, don't They're playing know. Sydney at the SCG. I think he, smaller I reckon, ground. I reckon sub again. Do you? Do you reckon that's the right move? I feel like throw him in the middle, throw him in there. You know what I mean? He uses his body. It would be intriguing to see what presence, happens in Sydney. This, leadership. This, they were pretty good. Again, they got to win two out of three to three stay cool. alive. By the by, they have to be five and six. Who's and this Freo? It's Freo, right? So does Sydney. So they got Sydney, SCG, Geelong at Optus, and Melbourne at the G. Can they win two of those three games quarters? Well, they're both three and five, Sydney and Fremantle, believe it or not. So, um, um, But we'll... we'll I reckon they'll be. I reckon they can pinch the Sydney game. They'll, they'll be filthy about losing that game, uh, and the buddy booing and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll get to we'll that get to. in a minute. Um, I want to talk about Collingwood Sydney because Sydney were good for three quarters. Uh, before we get to the buddy booing, let's talk about Nick Dacos. So you know my thoughts on this. Mm. Tag him, put a bit of body on him. Well, they certainly did that. Clark goes to him early. They start the old push and shove starts happening. Clark gets forward, kicks a goal, and they're right into him. And it was an all-in. Interestingly... The Pies blokes were into him. Pie, yeah. well, but no, the Pies blokes... No, the Sydney blokes yeah. were into him. And then the Pies came in because the they Pies knew... The Pies won it, though. They knew it was coming. They came back and went whack. Interestingly, all the um, even, even fines the handed... Man. All the fines were handed out for that. And um, I think there was a tweet earlier today with Nick Dacos offering to pay all the fines for his teammates. <laughs> I like the way Collingwood support, responded. The interesting thing, Barra. So Nick Dacos said so they've got the hard tag on him. So all he does, some really clever positioning around stoppages. The way Collingwood work it, they work it so that he gets free and Clark's sort of a little caught betwixt and between. And then by the time he tries to... Um, Clamp down on uh, Dacos again. Dacos has dished one out. Meanwhile, there's a free Collingwood player. So it's very clever how yeah, Collingwood do it. So do. opposition teams have really got to work out, do they really want to sacrifice a tagging? player? Yeah. Or do you just go head-to-head with them, which teams have tried to do and almost got there. Essendon almost got yeah. there doing it. So Well, there's two things there. One is he still had 25. Yep. And you could say that he does the kickouts and should they be stats? I suppose he'd have four or five kickouts. So well, maybe, maybe he's had 20. But you know what? That, I think they should be stats these days because back in the day, probably not. But now there's, it's such an important kick. It is. And they're so good at it. So, But in terms of a tagging sense, you can't tag him no. when he does that, but he gets a stat. So maybe he's got it, he kept him to 20, but the bottom line is the pie's won. The and bottom line, so, so, so yeah. does that is it worth tagging him if you're going to lose anyway? Yep. Do you know what I mean? That's what they've got to think about. And you know the other thing about tagging? It's an absolute nightmare. What was the fella's name who was tagging him? Uh, Clark. He would be black and blue. Because every time they just you get told, the rest of the team gets, okay, let's protect Dakes. So let's take some energy out of the other bloke. Let's put some bruises on him. And it's whack, 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 elbows. Uh, when you run past, you get bumped. It's a horrible job. Banfield used to do it. Lamb used to do it. You know, I've se- um, I've seen all the guys at West Coast. It just have end up with so many bruises. And I'll horrible. Give, I'll, re- I'll read just before we move on from him. I'll read you his quote post game. We love it when I get a tag. We get one v none. So yeah. they're saying tag me, bring it on. But how good's that young bloke to be able to say that after that game, after getting targeted and all the rest of it getting tagged and just being as smiley as anything? Yep. Well, the team won didn't matter, and guess what? It's one v none. Uh, Buddy Franklin, now, I can't understand what he has done to deserve being booed by Collingwood fans. Having said that, um, well done to Collingwood getting on the front foot. Craig Kelly, Craig McRae, Darcy Moore signed a statement. Um, 
AFL, Gil McLaughlin followed, and of course Sydney uh, issued their statement as well. But I liked it; it was proactive, mm. and ev- it won't. Not everyone will listen because there's meatheads out there, but I think that will have an impact on that Collingwood group and hopefully other teams because we don't want to see this start. That could be they've got one more game at the G and if they don't play finals and he gets injured, that could have been his last appearance at the MCG. Mm. But he's done nothing to deserve that. He's been a great player for our game. He's put bums on seats. Yeah. So why, why? But he's towed up, up Collingwood on many occasions. So what? Well, yeah, and when he was at Hawthorne, he did as well. Yeah. I mean, it's... I don't know. With this booing thing, everybody's worried about the goods thing. Yep. Because the AFL didn't act quickly enough on that, and that became a, a real thing. And that had to be a bit racist, didn't it? And that had to be a bit racial, I reckon. Yep. I'm not sure it is with Buddy. I you mean, think it's uh, just that he's a pain in the ass because he's been so good? Well, yeah, he's so good. He plays with aggro. So maybe it's a feather in his cap. That's how good you are. We have to boo you to try and put you off your game. Yeah, and our guys used to love being booed because it meant that they were having an effect and people Let's were see where it goes because I just, as long as it's good-natured, if it comes from a bad place, if it's, I, I some don't of like it, Some of it's respect booing. It's going to be a new word, respect booing. No, there is respect booing. (laughs) Because I I went back and I had a look. Round one, Dangerfield got booed by Collingwood fans. Round two, Jason Horn Francis got booed by Collingwood fans. Round three, Cochin got booed. And in round eight, Buddy and Papley was copping it as well. So that's how you well, know. Papley's an in-your-face aggressive yeah. sort of player, so you can get that. But I didn't. I don't like Horn Francis. I didn't like the Buddy stuff, no. and I certainly don't like the Horn Francis. But stuff I'm just like saying, it. I don't think it's racist. Okay. Uh, there might be a few people out there that can't help themselves for whatever reason, but mostly it's about the way he plays. He is aggro. He doesn't smile too much when he's out there, and he does. He does dish it out, doesn't he? And he does call for free kicks. And that all adds up to you know. Okay. I don't like that guy, and I think Goodsey was a lot of that as well. But then it became. Uh, an issue became a political issue, and then that's when it so went. So one real. of the saddest things is that he is still lost to our game. Mm. I look forward to the day when Adam Goods returns to the game in some capacity, mm. because he he is the greater good, mate. Well, how much good good. He, how much good has he done for the game? Really, if oh, you pardon yeah. the surname pun, but he really has. It did get out of hand, and that's what that's why Gill reacted so quickly because out of his whole. Um, time at the AFL. That's probably one thing where he thinks, you know what, I probably should have jumped in. With the good earlier. stuff, yes. Yeah. And they've been pretty good. I mean, their, their stuff on the Indigenous front has been world-class, the AFL. And, Ju- so. and Junior Rioli's copped it again. He it? has. We'll get on to that game. So Port Adelaide, five-point winners over Essendon. Weird old game, mate. Um, Essendon were much more functional in attack. Port just owned territory in the second half and were able to own the big mm. moments and just win it when they had to. Um, Junior Rioli, I think, facing a three weeks. He'll probably get that careless, severe high for that incident on Jordan Ridley, which was massively off the ball. So I think he's in a bit of trouble. Um, it's, it's, a, it's Zach Butters' team, isn't it? He well, was brilliant again. Well, kind of rosy as well. I mean... But Butters... Don't you think Butters is... Butters, Rosie, Is he the barometer? Is he the barometer? Yeah, I think he is. <laughs> I like the role of Finlayson plays now. They've moved him forward. And, I love Finlayson. And Bergman's a bit of a revelation as well for them. Uh, Essendon out doing much wrong. Merritt. Um, Stringer seems to have found some mm-hmm. consistency under his new coach. We like the Ruckman Draper. We like the way they're going. The last two weeks, Port and Collingwood could have won both games. So going in the right direction now, Essendon. Yeah. They're more of a defensive side. Um, it's a, Listen to a Zach Merritt interview last night, actually, which, interesting, he said 90% of their pre-season effort was on defensive mechanisms. So really? that's given the last three or four years where they haven't had any defensive ethic or ethos at all yeah. in the team. So, um, Can well, I do something yep. here? Can I do something to you? Sure. All right. So we've got the ladder here, right? Yep. You tell me, okay, Glenn Quartermain, huge football knowledge. This is, we're at, we're Three weeks away, away from the bye. By about round eight or nine, you do the, the eight is almost set. I think there's only one change generally after sort of round nine or ten. So you got Collingwood playing finals? I have now, yep. yep. Oh, yeah, clearly, clearly. Yep. Melbourne? Yep. They'll be top two. St Kilda? <sighs> it's, it's hard, isn't it? Draw, draw suggests yes. Okay, so we got sit there. and how they've gone? They've gone okay. They're going. I'm I'm not being very kind of St Kilda. They have done a really good job. So yes, and that, but they didn't look fantastic on the weekend, did? Mm. But I know where you're going. Brisbane, you got them in there. Yep. Port Adelaide. Yep. No question mark there. I'm, oh, they're playing finals. Yep. I've got a bit of a question on them. Geelong certainly with yep. their another eight games. Bulldogs, yes. You got Bulldogs in there. Yep. And what about the Blues? 
Well, they're the ones. Um, they're, they're I had them top four. The, and if they don't, I mean, I'm looking down the list now. I'm not having Fremantle. They've got a tough draw Hang on, coming but have up. you got Carlton in the eight or not? Yes, I have. I, have. I've still got them in there. So I'm saying the eight right, is... So you're saying that Essendon will miss? Well, I am, if that's if yeah, you're so outside. I mean, yeah. Adelaide will miss? Yep. You're going on Adelaide. Well, as well, I'm not going on them. I think they're the most likely to come in. Essendon or Adelaide are the most likely two to come in. What about I don't Sydney? Know, I don't know about Sydney now. I think they're a little bit off the bit, Sydney. But aren't, is, aren't the most likely to come in Sydney, Fremantle, and no. even, even Silly Chance Richmond or not? I don't think Richmond's coming in. So I, Richmond got I actually, you. looking outside the eight, I'm thinking Adelaide-Essendon, and there's a lot to like about Adelaide. I think they just miss, and Essendon-Carlton flip them now. I think the dogs will get there. All right, so you're at this stage, you're prepared to wipe Hawthorne, West Coast, North, there your bottom three. North Melbourne. Well, they're your bottom three. Richmond? Yep. No chance. Gold Coast, no chance. GWS? No. Nah. No chance. Improving, but not... Fremantle need a lot. It's oh, the next month will tell, but no. This so, stage. so Frio, Sydney, Adelaide, Essendon are still alive. Yep. But we think the Blues might drop out. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Um, I still have Carlton playing finals. Do you? Yeah, I do. But just, they need to fix a few issues. That's for sure. Western Bulldogs, GWS. Um, Bontempelli, my pre-season pick for the Brownlow. Now, everyone's on Nick Dacos, but I tell you what, this bloke mm. will take some beating. What about the bloke at Melbourne? Clayton Oliver? Yeah. Early he was kicking more goals, and I like him. Yeah, he's every chance. His but contested ball is... Bontempelli deserves one. Yeah, yeah, true. He will, he'll draw a lot of... Career high, a couple of career high stats last week. Uh, clearances, one of them. He is a beast. So we think Dacos, Dacos is leading. Bont's around. I'm the not mark. sure if Bontempelli isn't leading. Yeah, he's polled They've only most had five weeks. wins, and the and the Pies have had seven, mm-hmm. and the Pies he would he would get votes in almost every. See game. what there's a bloke on the other team too at GWS, Tom Green. He will have polled a heap of votes as well. Uh, they're going all right, GWS. They're right in this game, in this three wins. game in Canberra. I know, but they're going all right. They're not. I had them finishing last, mm. so I was wrong there. They've they've, they've improved. And uh, the other bloke would be taking the other green would be taking votes off him, wouldn't they? Toby, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, he would. So I reckon it's it's Dacos, Bont, Oliver, and Oliver. They're the three. Eh? Yeah, there you go. They're the three. Uh, Melbourne Gold Coast, we, we said we were going to talk about Melbourne Gold Coast. And while we're on it, Van Royen. So this is the topic of the weekend. Mm. A two-week, uh, it'll they'll appeal it, so it'll go to the tribunal for that knock on Charlie Ballard. Careless conduct, high impact, high contact. So you can see he's trying to punch the footy. He's got his eyes on the footy. No. Until the on, last on, minute, on, then on. he hasn't. Yeah. You saw the other angle, didn't you? So I think... There's a lot of contention about this. We've shifted, Barra. We've shifted now. You make contact with the head, and you're there's gone. concussion, and a- you're gone. I don't think he has. He's got a neck injury. I'm not sure if it's concussion or not. Well, he looked like he was half dead. In Rioli's case, Jordan Ridley it was concussed and will miss footy. But Van Royen, it's a really interesting one. I think he gets the two. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think he gets off. I don't like the two for that. Okay. Because footy I'm, action, I mean, all I, of that. I'm a bit sort of skew with because I know the, I kind of know the family, and you know Sam's at Claremont, and the kid is just a wonderful kid, and you know that he wouldn't have. It, it's careless. No doubt, you know he's a wonderful careless, kid. But it's careless. He's, okay. That was not. I'm taking him out. I'm hitting his head, and he and you do take your eyes off the book when you're a young bloke. You just you're in protection mode, aren't you? You know what I mean. So you do well, take your eyes off the ball. Well, it's careless now, and it's two weeks. They're gonna nut. They're gonna nut him on taking his eyes off the ball because the other angle shows that he wasn't looking at the ball, and the guy's been injured. But but you know what's happened now, quarters. This is actually what has happened: is that the AFL is going to go hard. The MRO is going to go hard on him straight away because because of the concussion situation and the legal challenges that could come. How come you didn't – why weren't you cracking down on this stuff? So they, this is a litigation thing. Yeah, because so, so yeah. now they can point to, oh, hang on, no, no, no. So that's why everyone's challenging now because they know that they're going to get not nutted hurley, go hard, and then you can't you know go what? to the tribunal. The tribunal might change it. I'm okay with it. If you have to break a couple of – Plates to have a good Greek wedding, mate. If you have um, players being suspended uh, for a couple of weeks to get the message across that if you hit the mm. head, the head is sacrosanct, I'm okay with it. But what I'm saying is that it may not be a suspension. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people agree with initially you. Initially, it'll cop two weeks and then they'll challenge and might get reduced well, to one. Well, that's exactly or, what they'll do. Or it'll get off. Um, 
and so it may not have the effect of actually suspending. So it won't send that message. But the AFL will be able to point to the fact that what we did was we went hard on someone getting a head injury. And that's what you got to do now. And, and, and you know, you can argue that stuff. I'm not going to get into it. There's a lot of smart people I've found out that listen to this podcast. There are. And I don't – unless you completely give the full answer and really do a, a treatise on it. You, you, treatise? You, yeah, you can get smashed. Like my pharmacist, Michael, <laughs> he pulls me up and goes, hang on, what about this? I go, well, I didn't really have time to explain the whole thing. So – we do know other stuff, but I'm not sort of going because we're sort of we're trying to be a bit light-hearted and throw it around a bit, aren't of course, we? We are. we? Are we supposed to go down that path, or yeah. do you want to go the full intellectual? It's a mix. We can flick. It's a mix of full intellectual and yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, the last, the other game we haven't talked about is Geelong Adelaide. Terrific effort by Adelaide for the most part at GMHBA. Hard to win there. What a pity uh, the grandstand there. I think it's going to hold forty when it's built. I think it's going to be delayed until next year because they. Are steel importation there was an issue with that mm. but tell me about what it. a pity that it wasn't packed because um they would have got to see jeremy cameron in flight once again we mm. talk about the olivers and the dacoses and Bontempelli, but this bloke yeah pound for pounds probably the best player in the comp yeah. not just for the three goals he kicks and they were rippers the goals he kicked it's getting up the ground and distributing a beautiful kick of the footy he has really found himself at Geelong, hasn't he? He has, and maybe that's why Charlie Kernow should follow in his footsteps and take on on that role. Stewart was brilliant as well, wasn't he? Yep. Adelaide... Um, He's back to the, the career best form now, that intercept role. Beautiful, Tom Stewart. Great So, so uh, Kate, I know you're with us. Can you remember... Were you on the early show, episodes of this podcast? Can you remember... Was Glenn saying that Geelong were uh, gone over the hill and that Selwood's not there and Dangerfield's not as good? As, I'm was, not convinced was that yet. Was that someone that else? Was, me. was that an echo? That was me. I've just got them as ageing, you know. Obviously, they've got them sliding. I've got, I've got them still top they're four. They're in the eight, but just because they're I'm so nervous good. about that prediction. I, was you? Was yeah, it? I'll line up to it. <laughs> I'll line up to it. And you know what? They've hang on, the hang flag on. this hang year. On there, hang on there. <laughs> You're still not conceding. No, nah, not this year. <laughs> You're the best. Last year, I concede. They were fantastic. <laughs> this year, I'm not convinced. <laughs> so, so you don't. They'll finish top two or four. Top four, won't they? That oh, looks likely. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerfield's been pretty good too. Oh, yeah, he has done a hammer. He has he'll, done. No, he'll be out. I reckon now the way they're going, I reckon he'll be out for a stint. Yeah. They've managed their list really well, Geelong. They yeah. do, particularly their old blokes. Mm. So I reckon they'll give him a bit of a stint out just to get that hammy right. And, so they probably uh, haven't gone over the falls, have they? Not right now, no, they no, haven't. Right. I'm just oh, waiting no, for them. Yeah. I'm just waiting it for we'll it. We'll see. For waiting for it to happen. <laughs> Well, I'm not waiting for it to happen, but, you know. I mean, hoping just... it happens. <laughs> no, you're not hoping. You're not hoping. Um, no, Baron, now it's time for this. <laughs> Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel mailbag. Thank you to Thirsty Camel. And we will be giving, on Thursday, giving the winner of the mailbag a 30-can block of Great Northern Super Crisp. So please keep sending them in. We'll read some more out on Thursday. Uh, feature your name and details and try and keep them short. This one from Clover. Clover, great Dunsborough. name. I love that name, Clover. G'day, Quarters and Barra, long-time listener from the Duff Days. G'day to our old mate Duff out there. If you're Spoke listening. to him during the week. We He's are, going well, the great man. He is, yep. he is. We are officially rock bottom of all bottoms. I'm thinking Jack Darling needs to move up to the wing and get more around the footy. Mm. Get some confidence, kicks, because he's currently a liability in the forward line. Bailey Williams to centre-half forward, see what he has to offer, and bring Jamison into ruck and pinch hit with Rotham Waterman. Also now, Jai Colley will go on to the long-term injury list. Do the Eagles go after Jack Butler or maybe Robert Hanson Jr. in the mid-season draft? Thoughts? Mm. Enjoy the podcast. Don't miss one. Um, hey, she, hey, she's got on the top of the list because several brilliant points there. One, Robert Hanson, he, him along with the, the fellow from Claremont who plays, um, oh, I'll get his name in a minute. He, they're the two local guys that may go in the mid-season draft. That Rob, that Robert Hanson, he he's a silly. Bailey chance. Rogers? No, no. See, Bailey, that is amazing that Bailey Rogers doesn't get looked at, don't you reckon? Well, it has been for three years. That is absolutely stag- yeah, okay, it's staggering. Now the other midfield, the other guy that plays midfield forward, kicks a few goals. He's injured at the moment. His name will come to you in a minute. The other great thing she said is about Jack Darling. May he is struggling. I didn't Summer give it to him. Yeah, in, in well, and, and you know what? On form, he deserved it. And on form, I gave it to him too in my analysis. Would you give him a zero if out they, of ten? If they didn't have a. He would have gone close. 
If they if they were um, if they weren't so ravaged by injury, he'd be playing waffle. You know what I'd do? I'd just mix it up because if you're getting pumped, mix it up. Move him to defence. Move him to a wing. Do something. Nah, put him in the ruck. Yeah, what, do something. Because old Jake, poor old Jake Waterman is just struggling, isn't he, the poor bugger, when well, he gets thrown you know in what? there? Everyone because has to pull their weight. Why, Jake's why do, doing a really good why job. Why does Jake have to ruck? Why can't JD do it? That's where they're at, mate. They've got injuries. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree with the you. The only thing I would say to you, and uh, this is what I was discussing I was having with our friend Mark Duffield this week, because mm-hmm. he, he's come out and defended JD, yep. okay, big time, Jack Dowling, saying he does draw the best defender still. So he's helping Oscar. Oscar's having a brilliant year, isn't yeah. he? You know, Hopefully he's, co- he's okay. Looked a bit proper, Oscar. Is his knee okay? He, he was running laps yesterday. We'll see. But multiple goals. Only him and Cameron have co- kicked multiple goals in every, every game. game. Yeah, he has had a, he has had a good year, And Oscar. Geelong's at the top of the ladder and the Eagles at the bottom. So Oscar is amazing. It's okay. So JD I, is helping him there. Yeah, even I though he's making You have JD. to do more, though. You still have to do yep, more. Yeah, I'll give you that. And, and he misses some sitters. So maybe he's the man to do the backup rucking. They used to do that. They used to use him, didn't they? Poor old Jake getting thrown in there. The other thing is um, he's, he's almost kicked 500 goals, JD. So you can't – him and Summer are, are very similar in terms of their, how many goals they've scored. So you can't really have a crack at him about his performance, can you? Over the years? Over the, over the journey. He's been a magnificent yeah, player ex- over the exactly. journey. I'm not having a crack at that, but this year he's been terrible. No, no. And I, I noticed that when Ryan Daniels interviewed um, Adam Simpson last night, that Simo straight on the front foot said, is he 265 games or something? He knew exactly how many games he'd played, and he really stuck up for Jack well, Darling. As he would, he's his said, coach. And said we, he's out of form. But we have to keep playing him. Because Summer even said... Well, they've got no choice about playing him. They haven't got anyone to replace him. Well, no, him. but this week they'll have six guys in their waffle team. Yeah. So, you know... and I'll mix it up a bit. They won't. Jess play. is coming back and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But th- the interesting part of, of all that was that he said he has to keep playing him even though he's out of form, which is... That's pretty unusual, isn't it? Well, he's, look, he has, he's got the runs on the board, so that's why they back him in. And he has, definitely has got the runs on the board. But it's been a terrible form this year. So... They need to do something, mate. Don't just leave it as it is. Mm. You know what? They're playing Gold Coast too, so I, don't, I reckon you should keep your powder oh, dry. On Friday, that, Friday, yeah, Friday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, so he'll probably come up and kick five. Don't underestimate Gold Coast. They're going okay. At Optus on Friday night. They get Sam Collins. But no, what I'm saying Sam is, Collins is, probably get off. See this so. wink? See this wink? Yeah, yeah. Wink. I'm winking at you. Don't can Jack Darling. Because he's just as likely to bob up and kick five. And then on Monday or Tuesday next week, I'm going to go, hey, mate, didn't you say that? Move him to defence. Yeah. It's not good. Okay. Well, you know what? Please kick that five. that could happen. Please kick five. You're on his side, West Coast you? need you. You're definitely on his side. Uh, this one from Harris. Uh, G'day, gents. Uh, suggestion. You'll like this one too. If you make, I'll get straight. You've been sarcastic, man. No, no, you your sarcasm. You will like this. If you make an attempt and don't dispose, it's holding the ball, and your attempted disposal is prior. Flip side: if you have no prior, there is no need to make a genuine attempt. Outcome: a black and white interpretation when a player elects to dispose. With greater protections to just hold on to it, if there's no prior, because there's literally been no prior. If they had prior and just hugged it, then um, yeah, thoughts. What's your thoughts? Um, look, I don't mind it the way it is. I I think the umpires just come in and blow the whistle earlier. Yeah. That's well, my mate, thought. With concussion now, I think they're going to have to start doing that sort of thing. One of the fellas who got suspended, the guy leaned into him and he had no choice but to take him to the ground because that's the, the momentum. And because and he, he, hit, he hit his head, he got a, a one-week suspension. I think the players are aware now of um, – I think this is the more double about – This is, more, but this is not the this double is, movement. No, this is more about prior. This isn't about tackling. This yeah. is about prior. I don't mind where it's at at the moment. I, I don't want to fiddle with it too much more. If you took the whole prior thing out and just – if you got caught holding the ball, you're holding the ball, even if you didn't have a chance to get rid of it, then maybe that would clean up concussion a bit, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Might have a point Because you'd yeah. start handballing. You wouldn't take – because I see Pendlebury and the experienced guys, they take the tackle, don't they? They take the tackle rather than just cough up the ball. And then it's a, a stoppage and yeah, you and then back yourself and to win that. And that's when you can get injured. And so if you're Collingwood, you're backing yourself to win a stoppage. Who was that person? Too. That was uh, Harris. Harris. Very good, Harris. Thank you very uh, much. G'day, my friends. Keen on your views on Jack Darling's performance on the weekend. Cool. Is there any other roles in the Eagles team he could fill to provide impact, e.g. second ruck instead yes. of Waterman or a tall defender, Barra? He read your mind. 
Also, I've never been to a waffle game, but after listening, keen to give it a go with my daughters. What are both your favourite waffle grounds you would recommend for first-timers? And that's Scotty from Alchemos. Well, I think we've discussed the first part of that. The second part of that, uh, well, I'm from Victoria, so when I came over here, I covered a lot of waffle, Mm -hmm. and I was getting to know all the grounds. I am nominally an East Fremantle supporter because of my Hawthorne connection. Hawthorne's had a lot of East Fremantle players. So I always like going to Shark Park. But I reckon the favourite ground I love covering waffle footy was Bazo. It was Bazo. That lane's great. Mm -hmm. I love it's got its charm. But uh, Bazo for me, I just like the setting, the big gum at the end of the ground, the river. Yep. um, The, uh, you know, the emu export. Van at the far end, and the you know the pig pen on Mr. the hill. Whippy, yeah, <laughs> I love and that. Now, now big, what's the young fellow's name? Scotty. Scotty. So Scotty's got young kids. So he's yep. obviously so. If and he, it's all fan friendly now with this win-win thing they've got. Set yeah, up. yeah. It's, and, and, it's all about fan engagement. And we've really set that up at Lathlane. So, so what do you do at bouncy castles yep. and stuff like that? Things going on on the ground, competitions. So, I'm, I might uh, take this email if you, you don't do. mind and contact Scotty, and I'll invite him to. A Mighty Demons game. We play West Perth this Saturday. He might want to come How do you go with the Bouncy Castle, by the way? Personally? Yeah. No, how does the kids go? Are they all right with it? Yeah, my kids. I remember we uh, we took our kids. My, my kids are at Trinity College. We had a uh, evening with the parents and the kids at uh, Gloucester Park. Mate, you private school people. And it was honestly. on the Friday night, and uh, the big bouncy castle was there, and they had about eight hundred kids on this bouncy castle. And <laughs> you can see this bloke's getting grumpier and grumpier. The guy that's operating this bouncy castle, but then. I don't know. You look around. Kids having fun. You've got a lot of people there. You don't GP want any head contact, though, do you? No, yeah, yeah, it's very funny. So you're a private you school. Da- I was scared of bouncy castles. You could get really bad Did you go injuries. to private school as well? No, no. My, it's, but, but so you send your kids to them, though? I do, because TC is a great that? school. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, I, love, I love the... Uh, the, fa- the foundations of single sex. You like the single sex thing as well? I just like the foundations of the platform it gives you in belief systems. Yeah, and, I'm a Catholic. But also I like the uh, I like the proximity of the whacker, I've got to say. I yeah, always yeah. felt that was a connection. And single it's a great sex? school. Single great, sex? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So I went to a public co-ed school in the far reaches of Melbourne's eastern suburbs. So I can think completely... Only went up to year 10, did it? Oh, no, no, I did my year 12. No, no, not you. I'm talking about the school, though. No, year 12. Yeah, because somebody told me in Tasmania, where did I hear that? That a lot of the schools just go up to year 10 and then you have to go to... It's not right? No, no, no. I thought that was a bit stupid. People are getting into Tassie. Now, mate, my son's at Shenton College. Okay. Public education, mate. Nice. I'm a very, very big advocate for public education. Well, it's not for everyone, but... No, it's very... And and co-ed, so... Uh, this one from so people think that I'm the I'm the blue blood. It's actually you. I'm not a blue blood, mate. I went. <laughs> to your kids are going to pub- private school. Oh, mate, don't worry. You know. Is that why you're still working? <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, Scott from Esperance writes, "Hey fellas, we keep hearing Barra is keen to promote the waffle at all opportunities. There we go. Be good to hear his views on the below." What is stopping a waffle game being a curtain raiser to each AFL game at Optus Stadium? Mm. This would promote the waffle and get some people in earlier to maximise hospitality income. It could be match at the ground or set at the start of the season. The home club could get a percentage of the gate takings. It's always about ticketing, isn't it? Because, you know, those seats, particularly in an Eagles game, all the seats are actually sold to somebody, basically. I think there's 2,000 or 3,000 that actually get sold on the day, but most of the seats are owned by somebody. So you'd have to actually leave after the game is there's that ideal and you wouldn't want to come in after an Eagles game would you and, and watch a waffle game I reckon you're going to an Eagles game you're going to be there anyway or a Dockers game you're going to be there anyway I think I'd, I'd like what the waffle clubs to get their own opportunities and to raise their own income and to broaden mm. their own fan base so yeah, well, I think right. the curtain raises I'd rather see a Colts game mm. um, you can see the next crop of draftees perhaps or that's what I'd rather see yeah you'd still have that problem of having to kick everyone out though wouldn't you yeah, look, back in the day... It's not a great look. Uh, can you leave now, please? <laughs> Get out of my seat, Joe, no. Jack. Um, it, yeah, that's true. And that afterwards, true. you don't want to play the game after the AFL game because it's horrible when you're playing. I think they did it once when I was playing, actually, and everyone was leaving so while in, we were playing. In a perfect, not a great feeling. In a perfect world, Barra, we have a nationwide reserves competition mm. and the Eagles or Dockers play, reserves team play, uh, mate, before the AFL game. All right, let's, let's play... We're the West Coast Eagles. You're Trevor Nisbet. I'm Adam Simpson. What are you thinking about your waffle team? First thing you'd be thinking? Oh, they want to alignment. I'd be ringing up Barra. 
Yeah. Barra, wait a minute. Okay, so that, that's their first thing. If that's not happening, because really Perth would only do that if we were in dire straits, wouldn't we? But this is the time to do it. If you'd have the best deal of 75% all time. 75% of your members need to vote for that. They aren't yeah, gonna. yeah. And, I mean, it would be the best time, though, wouldn't it? Because you'd get everything. Because I think they'd probably spend a million bucks on their waffle program. Yep. That would come to us. They'd pay for the coaches. You'd still be the Perth demons you know you'd, you'd, you'd cap it at five players play league footy and all that sort of stuff but okay so that's not happening what's your next move the two things i think they're considering is one is bunbury mm-hmm. does that surprise you that no it let's doesn't surprise go and join me. the bunbury competition is there a bunbury bu- competition yeah, southwest of course there is a massive, yeah, 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 very but, strong competition yeah like the southwest footy so they, they travel yeah. down there and play every week together mm-hmm. they're blokes Sometimes it's only three it's not blokes. not a silly idea. Sometimes it's 12 blokes that play for yeah. South Bunbury or Bunbury or uh, Collie or something. I don't know. The other one is what you were just saying then, a national That's That's going to take a bit of doing. I'm not sure if that's in the short-term horizon for the AFL, but for me, that's ideally what they a do. A national reserve. So you comp- travel. If you're, you know, you just have twice the amount of bums on seats if you're playing interstate, you travel. Mm-hmm. And for me, it solves a lot of problems. And also, you know, back in the day... What if you had to travel every week to Victoria to play in it? But Would they you do don't. that? But they don't. No, but if, if that's what they're thinking about. Nah, Let's go and join... That's untidy. That's Let's too, go and join the VFL. No, nah, too untidy. Wouldn't I think you it? need a nas- nationwide reserves competition mm. as curtain raises to the AFL games. And so in a short-term solution, that wouldn't work for them, going to join well, a it, VFL club? It could, but I'm just not the AFL's ready to fork out the money to fund it. That's all. Because it feels it, like the VFL's been destroyed by... By becoming aligned to an AFL, all the AFL clubs, don't you think? Yeah, well, I mean, the VF, you know I mean? VF, it was the VFA back in the day. Mm. It was a ro- robust competition. It's with not its, like that anymore. It had no wings, so it had 16 players yeah. starting. And um, I covered a bit of, I actually played one game of VFA reserves, only because they were shorter numbers, but. Um, uh, so has that been the right move for the VFL to be, become basically a feeder comp or, a, you know, a babysitting well, there's comp? No, there's no choice if you don't have a reserves comp. Mm. So it could it could be good for the VFL-VFA long term. Because you know what the AFL clubs do? They don't care about the VFL. So they would just do what's good for them. They'll say, okay, we're sending Joe Bloggs back. He can play 50% yep. of the game. Then you are in, definitely have to take him off at halftime. I don't care if you're winning or whatever. I mean, that, that sort of stuff is horrible, isn't mm. it? That's a good mail. Good, anyway, that's, that's yeah, a good, good mail. Yeah. Uh, this one from Michelle from Leeming, a regular high quarters in Barra. The proposed 23,000 Hobart Stadium capacity reeks of the artificially capped membership model that the Eagles used so successfully at Subiaco. Supposedly the sweet spot for a new seated stadium build and for recurring costs is 60,000 capacity. Do you think that they are being non-visionary by not proposing to build a stadium with 30,000 seated capacity, i.e. half the sweet spot? size. Shouldn't Tourism Tasmania just back themselves to sell 7,000 tickets for each fixture to the away supporters? Chow, the Coliseum. That's Michelle from Leeming. I love that email. Um, we spoke about this a lot at the weekend. I think it should be thirty-three or 35,000, this yep, stadium. Yep. They've missed an opportunity. I think you get a lot of people coming from interstate. Melbourne, you could fly up in the morning, fly down in the morning, fly back at night if you wanted to, or you could stay down there. Um it's cost, isn't it? It's all about building costs. 60000 is too much. It is. But they don't have no money. They if you're going to put a roof on, right, which is what the AFL's yeah. asked for, don't put a roof on. Just make it oh, 33. Oh, so flick the roof. Flick the roof. Why do you Why do you need a roof? You need a roof. it's bloody cold. Yeah, okay. It's not, yeah, okay, it is cold. They have it less doesn't rain, rain as much. They have less rainfall than any other state. Told you that last week, yeah. But uh, it's all about spectator comfort. So spectators now like their roof. comfort. So they don't want it to be that cold. Mm. But if you... Ditch the roof and just make it 33. You can get more in there and, you know. Well, you know, ditching the roof, there's a couple of things there. One is you could get cricket in there because yep. now cricket now, won't play there. I heard I checked that out at the weekend. Apparently that's not true. There is no ICC rule. So you can still play cricket under a roof. International cricket? Yes. that nah, is no way. Well, that's what there's I was no told way. at the weekend. You can't have the ball bouncing off the roof, mate, in international cricket. Fair hit. <laughs> oh, wait, here's the, You've seen it at Marvel, mate. When do they play cricket? Summer? Open the roof. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, is it a retractable roof at Tasmania? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I assume so. Would it be? Because that would be a lot more expensive. If you're going to put a roof on, make it retractable. So what's happened is they've got 750 mil and they've, they've worked out how many people they can put into a stadium mm-hmm. for that money. That's what's happened. You know what I mean? Imagine if they blow out to a billion. A billion-dollar stadium well, in Tasmania? Well, of course they'll blow out to a billion. A billion-dollar well, stadium? everything blows out these days. Uh, but 
just get your head around a billion dollar stadium mm-hmm. in Tasmania. It's all right. Hello. It's all right. Are there other things? What, we Tassie should be doesn't spending? deserve it. Not that they don't deserve it. You I mean, build this stadium. A piddly state. Things grow Sorry, I shouldn't use that word. A small state getting a billion-dollar stadium. It's crazy town. Barra, build it and they will come. Yeah. yeah well, I've got no drones of that, but imagine what it could have done with the other the money so elsewhere. So if you build a 33,000, you can attract other events, i.e. State of Origin, Bledisloe Cup, major stadium concerts. All of this stuff will go there. With the, you can get more people in there and experience the delights of Tasmania. I sound like I work for the Tassie Tourism. Tourism. Mm. But I spoke to, at the weekend, I spoke to Jake Nile from the Age newspaper in Melbourne. He went down there for the announcement and spent a bit of time, spent a bit of time talking to people. Um, one of the things, uh, it's really close. It's like Adelaide Oval is to Adelaide, the CBD. It's really close. And you've, it's not far yeah. from Salamanca Place there, so you can yeah. just wander down. You're not down. Sydney to Hobart. That's where it is. Yeah, yeah. so wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, precinct. Now, as for the, um, now I'm a bit of a greenie myself, Barra. But for people who are comparing uh, Macquarie Point to the Franklin, please, <laughs> it is not the Franklin Gordon. Um, <laughs> We're not damning the Franklin. Oh, please. Hey, listen. Let me let me tell you this then. While you're on this stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as Kate calls this Puparama, we talk about yep. sometimes. No, it's good Puparama. Look, the um, sixty thousand in WA. Should they have made it a hundred thousand? No, office? I think sixty's good here. You reckon sixty? Yeah, I think there. so. I think so. Okay. they've got the capability of going up, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. you'd be. You'd but be, I, I remember when I was. Cl- I'm close to Ron Alexander. Fair, fair when when they the went through it, they're having the big debate. Should it be eighty thousand? Should it be ninety? Should it be hundred? What if we have big events? You know, Coldplay's Coldplay's coming. Imagine how many Coldplay. Sixty's big enough. And so you reckon 60s? I the reckon num- they've got it bang on. That's right. the number yeah. nowadays. Okay. So why aren't here- you pushing for Tassie to have 60? Oh, they haven't got our population. <laughs> no, seriously, I think. But 23 is way unders. Yeah. Way unders. I think they need 33, no, 35. Give you that. You know. Good email. Uh, Rusty writes, lads, thanks for the great work on the pod. Have really enjoyed Barra's edition. Oh, Old footy cheap. stories and humour to compliment the small oh, hands. Is that all right? That's good. Yeah, I'm a diehard. Yeah, because I've been getting some feedback. But, mate, don't talk about the old crap. No, no talk wants, about the old. stop laughing so much. No, you know. So you I've tried to go more intellectual this week. Have you noticed? I have. No, you just be yourself, Barra. <laughs> we love it the way you are. I'm a diehard Eagles man. <laughs> laughing again. Relocated to South Australia 12 months ago. As much as you bag it, it's a great place to watch footy and have a frothy. I don't bag it. Oh, I just don't like ground. the brown water. That's but all. it's a br- brilliant ground. Adelaide Oval. Right up there. Oh, no, it's a great that, place that, it's to e- go. It's almost equal to Optus. Great place to go. I just don't like the brown water. Uh, I feel compelled to ride in and get something off my chest. When will the AFL go back to pre-COVID fixturing and lock in games, days, and mm. time slots? Good question. Here, here. I am trying to take the kids to see an Eagles game in Melbourne. Another advantage of SA, 45-minute flight. But all fixtures a few rounds out are TBA. Jetstar announced a sale today, $45 fares to Melbourne, but due to the AFL's pathetic fixture, I can't book, so we'll likely have to pay hundreds of dollars more once fixtures are locked in. Very frustrated. Perhaps Gil can cover the difference in fares. Cheers, guys. Keep up the good work, Rusty. Very good email. Of course, it was brought in during COVID, and they like the flexibility with the fixturing just for the last, what is it, six rounds? Mm. But it's not really... He raises a good point, Rusty. It's just not fair on people. Mm. People are not... You know, there's not a lot of cash that people are carrying yeah. anymore. So It's one of those COVID things that should have gone away but yep. didn't. You yep. know what I mean? It's still hanging around. I get the last round you probably want to make it more exciting and have yeah. the important games last and also give the teams – oh, no, there's a buy now, so they don't, it doesn't matter about the break, really. They, they need to move that buy to a week before the grand final, but that's, let's not start oh, on that because we'll be here on for an hour. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> this one from Andrew. Last one. High quarters and Barra. Eddie Maguire has suggested that the Giants play 11 or 10 games at both Canberra's Manica Oval and Giants Stadium. Mm. On alternative weekends, so that the Giants play up to 22 games in New South Wales in the ACT. Using that philosophy, then, should both WA clubs have a similar fixture arrangement? <laughs> the home fixtures of the WA clubs could be played during the evenings on Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays, and the away fixtures would be played on the dreaded Sunday time slot at Optus, but in prime time for the Eastern States broadcast market. Both clubs then travel once for the gather round and maybe twice if they play the Giants in Canberra if it is not possible to be played during the gather round. Look, it's a good email, Andrew. I still think if we get to 20 teams or even if we go back to 18, but if we get to 20 especially, 
it'll become two conferences and you'll have less interstate travel. Yeah. I think that's fair if they have less interstate travel. That's what he's talking about. But I still it? think Eagles want to go and play at the G. Dockers still going to want to go and play at the MCG. Yeah. That's where you win the grand final. Well, so. the Eagles on the weekend, the young blokes I spoke to, yeah, they loved absolutely it? loved it. And I remember the first Apart time I was Apart from the last quarter, yeah. Yeah, that, but that was sort of why they were up and about early. You're right. Because conf- the Richmond crowd was down a bit. Yeah. Well, the Eagles they jumped wouldn't have pulled anyone in. Yeah. They jumped off the Tigers. Yeah. North Melbourne always has a small crowd. The only thing about um, the travel is it is very unfair. We have an unfair comp. I mean, it, well, so, h- hello. So, th- so what this gentleman's saying is that it's a bit like Collingwood, who hardly ever leave Victoria. Or Richmond. <laughs> That's right. So it is weird, isn't Richmond it? They complain about going to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this guy who has said that, you know, he didn't mind some of the old stories. I'll throw one in here, okay, just, just because yeah. that bloke asked. So when we came into the comp in 1987, the West Coast Eagles, we had the world's worst deal. We paid $4 million to go into the comp. And I know you know all this stuff, so just no, yeah, but thanks for not along here because the others haven't heard it. But $4 million to go in and, and quarters – we had to pay the accommodation and airfare costs of the team coming to Perth. So we had to pay for the Nufties to come over and play us. No wonder we wanted to bash them. How's that? So that's why we nearly went bankrupt. And that's why the, 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 on, we're on the cusp two weeks or three weeks away from declaring that we were bankrupt. And, they, and the government came in and saved the day. And also because some the private deal- benefactors came in as well. There was some yeah, yeah. Raising some but the, the setup, it was impossible to be – it wasn't feasible. Because of those exact sort of restrictions. Yeah. That they did in. the same thing and to the Western Reds, players. you know, when you, who you played for. They did the same thing yeah. with the Western Reds in the NRL. Yeah, they said, if you want to play in our comp, you have to pay for your teams to come that's over there. Just, you go, what? That's unsustainable. And you can only have 35 players. We played every player. I remember, was it Sean King and Paul Mifka, I think, round in, in our first season played. We played every player. So it wasn't hard. It's a bit like the Eagles now, you know. Everyone is getting a game. Mm. And it shouldn't have been – not that they shouldn't have been getting a game. They were good guys and like they probably should have got a game. But everybody played in every game. So the deal was just diabolical. So they didn't really care about us that much, you know what I mean? We've got to be extremely careful on any, any of our dealings. And this is – Tasmania will get a different deal, different mm. deal. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for all your mail. Please keep sending them in. Send them into Quarters and Barra at wanews.com.au. You've been listening to the Quarters and Barra podcast. We have been brought to you by Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly and call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. See you all on Thursday. Yeah. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra.